Hi, this is Sabrina, and you're listening to the number one soccer podcast in Sacramento. Hey, Sacramento fans. This is Danny, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, the Sacktown FC podcast, part of the Beautiful Game Network, and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Luis. How's everything going today, guys? It's going good. We, uh, Luis and I just finished a conversation with the uh, Sons of a Pitch in Chicago. Uh, it was a great little conversation. Oh, that's and, a great name. Oh, yeah, it's a great name. And it was a fun conversation. We got to roast uh, the Chicago Fire's new logo. I don't know if you've been able to see it, but my five-year-old created it, and it's, uh, it's quite unique. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing uh, good two things, yeah. As John was saying, uh, we've had a lot of fun uh, being with the Sons of a Pitch, and Danny, one of the things that we actually talked about was that uh, they actually said that they did a commentary for the Cruzul America game, and it's on YouTube. So they wanted us to to know and let them know how well they did. So we'll have to check out their YouTube channel. Oh, definitely. I I, I can't get over that name. You guys keep saying it, and every time it makes (laughs) you smile. (laughs) Just the little giggles, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so today, gentlemen, we are joined via the Makuni Dreamline by someone who is a science wizard and when not training is studying epidemiology at Berkeley and assistant coach with the 07 Purples of the Interrage Academy soccer team who just won their third straight state cup. We welcome mask maker extraordinaire Sabrina Williamson to the podcast. Sabrina, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, you guys. I, I'm Glad to be here. Glad to do something else besides making masks. And um, but I'm I'm really glad to be a part of this this podcast. So before we get started, I think you're I think you're going to be getting some uh, material from Luis and Danny. They're going to want some Cruz Azul scarves. So right. th- they'll uh, they'll go on Amazon and just have it shipped to your house. <laughs> right. Oh, Cruz Azul mask. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just said that. Do you, do you not listen? You said scarves. <laughs> Oh, yeah, did I? Scarves, yeah. oh, I mean, well, I'll take a scarf yeah. too if you if you if you make some, but <laughs> I won't uh, ask. My bad. I, I do it all, guys. I can. I can scarves. I got you. All right, she's got it. There we go. Multi-talented. So, I love it. So, Sabrina, um, let's go ahead and get into some questions here. At an early age of eleven, you proclaimed to your parents that you're going to be a so uh, a pro soccer player. How did you continue to drive and push from the age of 11 to now in order to accomplish that dream? Yeah. So uh, first I should say uh, my, my parents or my mom was very worried when I said, Hey mom, I want to be a, a pro soccer player. Uh, she was very concerned that, that I would be more focused on soccer than the academic side, of course. Um, but from then on, I, I kind of I talked with them and I counseled with them and said, hey, I, I, this is what I really want to do. And from then on, they said, OK, and they moved me up to uh, select level soccer. And then they got me into ODP and then they moved me up to comp. We did the ECNL thing. And then eventually I was uh, fortunately recruited by Cal State Stanislaus. Um, and then I, you know, I got recruited onto the Cal Storm and um, I'm still pushing there. I'm still pushing on to try to get my pro career started. You know, we're going to talk about it. I hit some obstacles, but I'm on my way there. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, so you wanted to play soccer at a high level, uh, but at Sheldon, you chose track over soccer. Uh, what was the reason for that? Oh, yeah. There were, yeah, there were quite a few reasons. Um, for one, I was, I was already playing soccer all year round. Um, you know, like for four straight years, I was 
I was going from track practice to soccer practice. So it's not like I wasn't playing soccer all year round. Also, I don't know if anything's changed since I was in high school, but college coaches didn't typically recruit uh, high school girls at high school games. Um, I'm sure it's not, I'm I'm not sure if it's because of the level of play, but uh, they definitely went to the showcases and the big club tournaments. Uh, But the other big part of it is, is I came from a soccer, excuse me, I came from a, a track family. My mom ran hurdles and my dad was actually, he was a world-class miler. He qualified for the 1980 Olympics um, before they boycotted and the, the U.S. boycotted, unfortunately. My dad's a little bitter about that. Um, so I was, I was uh, expected to run for sure with my brothers. Also, track works different muscle groups. And I really appreciated like the cross training that it gives you. Uh, so much of my track experience made me into the soccer player I am today. Uh, with track, there's, it's just you, you know? There's, there's no excuses. It's you. You're on the line. You can't blame refs, can't blame coaches, can't blame teammates for the most part. And uh, it made me a much better performer on the, on the soccer field. So I know, I know you said you went to, to Stan State, and I actually went to Stan State for like five years back in uh, 2012. Yeah. And, you know, I actually went to a women's soccer game as well. And I can't recall like what year that was too, but it, I remember it was a playoff game as well. But I wanted to, to ask you, was uh, Stan State the only school that had an offer for you? Yeah, no, it, uh, Stanislaus was, was, I think, the best offer that I, that I got. It was, um, it was a tough time during the session, and I was like, I, I got to make some serious choices right now. Uh, so I got mainly D2 school offers. Um, I was being looked at by a few D1 schools like UOP and UC Riverside, but uh, when it came to talk of tuition, I needed to think much more critically. Uh, I could have played D1 school and gotten a fraction of the playing time and come out with a lot of student loan debt, which we all know that's a problem right now. Um, or I could play high-level D2 school or high-level D2 soccer, uh, get more playing time, and then move on professionally without any any sort of school debt. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm playing with my peers, both D1 and D2 players in the WPSL. And to, to be honest, you can't tell the difference uh, between the levels. You know, they, they're there because they want to and they work their butts off to get there. Yeah, de- definitely. I agree with that tuition, too. I mean, it's Stan State's one of the most uh, affordable schools in, in the area, definitely, too. So oh, yeah. what, did, what did you major in while you went to Stan? Yeah, so I majored in biological sciences and I minored in in chemistry. So I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I know during uh, your time there, I believe it was during your time that they uh, changed the logo for the athletics department. Well, yeah. Was that that was during your time too, right? Yep. Yep. What did you think of the the new logo change when they did that? I wasn't a fan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was not a fan. I was like, oh, it's just an S. Oh, I mean, I like it because my name is Sabrina, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the Warrior logo before, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're getting to the senior year, but your first three years of playing at that level, the D2 level with San Stanislaus State, uh, what was it like playing as an 11 uh, at the time? Oh, man, that was – oh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a big learning curve because – you know, you play the 11, you play all these positions when you're in club ball. And then when you move up to college, it's a whole different thing. I had to unlearn all of my habits from club and it became much more tactical in terms of how to use space. 
but I took on to that really, really well, actually. And that's what earned me a starting spot um, my sophomore year in college. Um, I loved making runs. Um, and especially since, you know, the defense in, in college is so much better, the, the goalkeepers are so much better. It gave me the challenge that, that helped me push, push myself as a player even more forward into what I am today. So, yeah, I, those first couple years playing the 11 was huge exponential growth for me as a player. Nice. Um, so, Sabrina, your your senior year usually that's the last ride for for many players. Um, you're named captain. The season is promising, and boom, you tear your ACL on a reckless play, which sounds familiar to John. Um, how did you keep your head up and keep with it? Yeah, that was that was not a fun time. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's a soccer podcast, so we all know the mundane. Uh, ACL recovery process but um, even when I was having those down days or those down weeks like I just I refused to be unhappy like I was like I can't I can't be here I can't be in this mindset I, I gotta get out so what I did was uh, I immersed myself in the game immediately afterwards I was like I, I can't just isolate myself so my dad uh, and one of my teammates, and we, we all drove down to SoCal because my, my team still made it to conference, turn to the conference tournament. And um, I just remember sitting there in the stands and feeling the raw joy of watching my teammates play. And after the game, like they all ran up to me, they gave me a hug. And, but even though I was so disappointed that I couldn't play, I, I was like, I don't, I, in this moment, I don't care. This is a, this is, this is a real raw joy that I have for the game. So like focusing on that, my love for the game uh, really kept my head straight, even when I started to slip. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, those, those injuries are, I'm sure that they must be bad too. That, that's good that you took it that way because, you know, a lot of people would fall into that depression um, or into those bad thoughts about not playing again or, or something like that. And, and they probably wouldn't come back. A lot of them don't come back. But um, I'm glad you you uh, you went through it in a positive mindset, and you were able to to come back. That's awesome. Yeah, I, thanks. I, I it was it wasn't easy, but it's it's something that I needed to do because I. All right, so I want to get you guys feedback because I know you guys um, also play sports, but I I don't really care what anyone says, but there could become some point in the sport that you love where you self-evaluate and you ask yourself, do I really like doing this <laughs> or am, am I doing yeah. this because I feel obligated or my parents are making me do it. And like when, when I went through this injury, that's when I was faced with that question. I was like, do I, how much do I really want this to have to go through this for nine months and, and push my way through it. And that, you know, coming up, being firm in that decision that this is what I want to do, that, that also made like a, a world's difference in my recovery. And because a lot of people don't understand if they've never torn their ACL is the process, right? The process yeah. is just grueling because one leg becomes bigger than the other. It becomes mm -hmm. your more dominant leg because you're putting so much time and effort because you're on crutches and you're using that leg to, to get around. So yeah, man, I, I totally understand stand that idea. Absolutely. So the, during the time that you were recovering from the ACL, um, you ended up going to the University of Tennessee to do research. Uh, what, what did you do research in? Yeah, so uh, during that time, I got to actually kind of be the nerdy 
version of myself, uh, the science version. So it was, it was a great refresher in, in, in the other part of my, you know, my joys of my time trying to, trying to make sure I'm spending my time doing something that, that I enjoy doing. Um, yeah, I spent time in, in Tennessee as a part of an undergraduate research program for microbiology. And we were studying the effects of drug candidates on uh, pathogenic yeast. And some of these drug candidates came from, from Vanderbilt, which is in Nashville, which is on the other side of that state. And um, what was fun was that we worked a lot with Saccharomyces, which if you don't know, that's, that's brewing yeast. That's what helps make beer and, and other alcoholic beverages. And uh, it was our yeast, it was, a, it was our model yeast strain, what we call it. So whenever we opened up the Petri dishes, it was awesome because it smelled like champagne. And, <laughs> um, but specifically, we were looking at how, how these drugs, how these chemicals can manipulate an essential phosphoprotein that helps yeast communicate with one another. And so imagine you're, I'm sorry to say this, imagine you're choking on some food. And the only way that you can get help to, su- to save yourself is if you flail your arms like a monkey. Um, the drug essentially would keep you from flailing your arms and you would fail to signal to somebody that you're in trouble. Now, if you're a pathogen, that's what we want to happen to you. We want to make sure that the pathogen can't help itself so that the immune system can come in and take over and kill that pathogen. So um, that's what we were studying, basically. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was really, it was really cool stuff. I, I, my grad student mentor was amazing. She went on to, to get her PhD in microbiology and uh, published some really good research. And I'm, I'm honored that I was able to help her out. That's awesome. That's a, that's a, that's a good learning uh, platform as well. Yeah. Cause you're not just going to, to uh, university of Tennessee. You're also working closely with Vanderbilt. So you're getting the best of both worlds essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was that's cool. cool. So uh, after you're done with your research uh, and you're still working back from that ACL, uh, the late Jay Zanelli, kept faith in you. He recruited you for the storm. What was it like, that feeling of Jerry, who has a, a list of players that he's, he's worked with and brought in? What was it like for you to, to get that call from him? Oh, it was, I was, I was sweating so much. Uh, he actually came to a few of my games prior um, in, in, my, in my college career, and he came up to, or he asked to talk to me and one of my teammates and he was so nonchalant about it. He's like, hey, you want to play for the Storm? And I was like, I was so ecstatic. I was like, <laughs> um, and this is when I was transitioning from an 11 to a 3. Um, so it was I, I was, I was nervous, but I was really excited at the same time. I, I really wanted the opportunity um, to play WPSL, uh, especially since I knew that playing with the WPSL would help me get to a professional career. Uh, there's so many people on the team, of course, Cece, I know we're going to talk about her with so much, a wealth of knowledge about the next level of soccer. And um, they've, they've helped me a lot, get a, get really good insight as to how to get to those next steps. So I, uh, I miss Jerry. He's, he was amazing. Uh, it was great to work with him. He ended up bringing me on as a, while I, while I, while I was injured um, as a coordinator for the team. And um you know, he just, he kept me close. He made sure I knew the game. He made sure I knew the politics and he just, he, ah, I just, I miss that guy so much. 
He was a, he was a great guy, great member of the community too. And we'll touch more about community, but uh, for those, those of you who listen, who aren't familiar with uh, Jerry, he's got a list. So Brandy Chastain, Julie Foudy, Alex Morgan, Sissy, you know, Sabrina, he's got all of these players that he's brought into the storm and and he's been able to kind of, I don't want to say help make them better, but definitely has, has had an impact, a positive impact in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, um, yeah, when you look at that list and I've seen that list after working with him, he has so many players, so many familiar names, um, who have gone through the storm program. And it's, and it's just, as you said, it's, it's not, it, he, in fact, the storm wasn't even a place where, um, like he pushed you in a way like college coaches push you. He pushed you in a creative sense. He forced you to think more independently about who you are as a player and how, how we're going to bring all of these people together who don't know each other and somehow win titles. And we did. We, did, we didn't know each other very well. We all came together. We figured it out. And, and we were very, very successful. And that's how he challenged us in a big way. That's awesome. So Sabrina, uh, like many, you recovered thankfully from that first ACL injury, and then unfortunately you tear the other ACL. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts in your head after this happened again? Yeah, I had a lot of mixed feelings at first. I was like, "Are you are you freaking kidding me?" I was I was at first really mad at myself because I don't think I should have played in that game. I could tell it was overcompensating, which is of course how this how this repeat injury happens. Um, but I just remember feeling like completely devastated. My, uh, my assistant coach helped me up. CC put her arm around me and told me it was going to be okay. And uh, yeah, the second time was much harder mentally. I kept thinking like, no, this, this can't be the end. This isn't how I want my story to end. You know, wallowed in a lot more self-pity than the first time. Um, but you know, as you do with these sort of injuries, you gotta, you gotta go through that grieving process. But after I was able to regroup my thoughts and I was able to kind of set a plan, um, that's actually when I applied to grad school. And uh, knowing that when I come back, I would still be able to go to school online and travel and play for professional teams overseas, wherever it may be, and have a sustainable career after soccer. Uh, But one more, one other important thing was I actually, I actually went to counseling. And this isn't something that I don't think, I think that not enough athletes talk about um, is that we, we need to talk to people, not just if we have injuries, but performing at a high level. Uh, I've, I've heard other professional athletes in the, like in the NBA, in the NFL, they see, they have counselors. And so uh, my mom was the one who encouraged me to do it. And it was the best decision I could have made which was seeing someone and talking to them about my career and what I want to do and my sorrows and all of that. And it just helped me get over that depression that we were just talking about. And it just, it just, it, it just helped me get to that next step where I need to go. That's crazy. Um, Cause I was always told to, to, I was never told to seek out counseling after my first ACL injury. And that was 2002 when I had surgery. And then after the surgery in 2004, I'd actually had a a friend on the football team say, you should go to counseling. Mm. Um, And I never sought it out because I was, I was already made up my mind that I was done, but 
had I, had I taken that advice, I probably would be in a better position now than I was after that second one. Yeah. I, I think even, even if you decided, or, and, I, and I recommended this to a couple other athletes who went through injuries and they reached out, even if you decide like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, it's still, it, it would still be helpful you know, just to kind of go through that process mentally of what does that look like? All right, what do, what do I do now? Um, because we all know, like, our athletic careers don't really end with the sport. Like, we are still competing or we still have that athlete mentality in our jobs or uh, in relationships or, like, other aspects of our life. And I don't know. For me, the, the counseling helped in much more ways than just soccer. So, yeah, yeah if there are any athletes out there, young athletes out there, uh, uh, listening, please seek counseling. It's not, it doesn't mean you're quote crazy. No, it's your, it means, it means that you need help and you're wanting to get better and it right. makes you a better athlete. And, and there's the sports side too, right now there's sports yeah. psychologists who can, yeah. because yeah. for me, my main thing was I was afraid to go into challenges. I, I didn't want to go up for 50 fifties. I didn't want to take a tackle coming you know, from, from my left side because yeah. that was what had happened originally. And I was so scared like I'd get the ball, I'd possess it as a, as a, you know, a forward who plays with their back to goal. My main priority was play the ball back to a midfielder, make a run. And now I was afraid to do it. Couldn't, couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Like we don't really think about that as something, our minds being something that we have to work out, but it's definitely something that needs to be focused on more. So you, you mentioned earlier, um, Cece, who, you know, we all know is a, legendary Brazilian player um, but I wanted to ask you what, what is it like playing alongside with her and also you know being able to captain a squad with her oh yeah uh, I'll, I'll just say like I'm I'm glad Cece's on my team because um, she's I just going I've seen people go one-on-one with her and it's it's not pretty so I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad she's on our side she's on our team um, I love playing with Cece and uh, She's in her fifties and she scores half field free kicks. Like it's nothing. Um, Yeah, she, she does. I've seen it. Um, Just last week, I think she, she posted a video. I think it was Tafa. I think Tafa posted the the video of her juggling for 90 minutes straight. Like the ball didn't touch the ground. You guys. Um, Was that the video on Instagram that they, that the team put up or is this another one? It, it might have been. I think. I think oh, Jamie okay. posted a little clip of it, but there's the full video. Like they have a full <laughs> video of her doing it. She's in the middle of the street, just chilling, just just juggling like it's and like it's nothing. And she stopped because she felt like it. <laughs> well, yeah, we were actually talking to Abby yesterday about it too, and yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, to to be able to juggle the ball for that long and to do all that. Yeah, and. And to, to speak on her as a, as a captain, like me being able to, I can, it's weird to call myself a co-captain with her because she's CC. Um, <laughs> uh, she's obviously like a natural leader, but she's not the type of player who will throw her accolades at you, like Lord knows she can, um, to, to defend herself and act like she knows all. She's 100% just no nonsense, uh, regardless of how long she's, been in the game and regardless of like the fact that she's been named top three FIFA women's player in the century. Um, I think she was number two to Mia Hamm, like barely. Um, 
she's like, no, I, I still have more to do. I still have more to learn. And it's, she has like an incredible balance between like ego and humility. And I just, I just try to make sure I soak all of that up. I'm learning, I'm trying to, trying to learn what she, she knows. And, and she, she's absolutely amazing. It's contagious too when you're around her. That's good. Yeah. She is a, she is a savage. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to play with her a few times at, in a futsal league. And my goodness, um, I tried to stay on the other side of the court. And when, and with futsal, you, you obviously rotate. And when her and I were matched up, I'm like, my legs are together. I don't want to get mad. <laughs> like, I'm like kind of just trying to stay in front of her. And she did this one move and I couldn't even tell you what it was. It was like, <laughs> she put me through the washing machine. Oh man. I was, I was jaw dropped. I'm like, I just got schooled by CC. Did anybody get this on video? Cause it needs to go on YouTube right now. Oh, like yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> proud of it. Like, like at the moment, but thinking about it and, and like, I just got taken to school and I learned so much from that one, that one <laughs> movement that she made that I'm like, I'm going to use this on my, on my, on my kids because <laughs> it was so unique and it was hers. And you could tell she's been doing it for a while or something she'd been practicing and she just wanted to use it on me. Oh, look at the slow guy. I'm going to, I'm going to get the slow guy. So, <laughs> it was, it was uh, an opportunity, but she was relentless that whole game. I think she scored like four goals and every time she scored, it was like a meg on the goalie. Oh, she man. Pulled, like some trick where she w- was going to pretend to flick and then she would hit it with the other foot as she was flicking it up and it would like dump, dump underneath his feet. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It she's, she she's so creative. I I haven't had the pleasure of watching her play futsal, but I can imagine like that's that's intense. That's intimidating right there. Oh, it's I I I was I was in shock, and, and still to this day, like it still is something that I have ingrained in my mind because I want to be able to replicate that, and I might have to pick her brain about how she did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. She'll tell you too. No, she'll do it on me again. I bet. Yeah. Don't say yeah. here. Let me show you. <laughs> Ooh, John, perfect opportunity on the five on five game, right? Oh, the five the five aside tournament. You should probably invite her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. I'm gonna put her on my team, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. So, uh, Sabrina, you're a big contributor to the community through a lot of your things that you're doing off of the pitch. But what does community mean to you on two ends? One as a player, and then as a as a person. Yeah. Uh, as a person, um, and bear with me, I'm going to sound like a hippie. That's fine. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> that Ber- it's that Berkeley education. It is. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, they're rubbing off on me. Uh, community and being a part of it as a person is, is like the purest sense of unconditional love. Um, when, we, when we do these soccer clinics, like when the storm does them, or even when I did them in college, um, we don't know these kids. Uh, we don't know what they go home to. We don't know their parents. Um, and many will forget our names. But what we have to show these kids could give them a healthy outlet. It helps them. It can help them get into college like it did for me. Um, just keep them healthy. And they're being shown that they are that there are people out there that care about them regardless of race, class, gender, or whatever it is that identifies you. And everyone deserves that assurance. Um, so when I think of community, that's, that's what that means. Like you're just showing that love regardless. That's what it, that's what it means to support, you know, we're supporting each other. And for me personally, um, I grew up with a lot of great coaches in my life, but 
I didn't have a female soccer coach, let alone someone who is a person of color. Um, so it's not, and it's not to say that someone needs, you need someone to look like you in order for you to be successful. But man, guys, it, it really helps. It really helps when you see somebody who looks like you and who's going through what you want to do. Um, so that social modeling, yeah, is, it makes a huge difference on these kids. So that's kind of what it means to me when I, when I'm, when I'm in the community and I'm active in the community, I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm being that role model as much as possible. Nice. So Sabrina, let's get into the grad school work. Uh, you are currently making masks, like for example, the one that you will be making for Luis and I, the Cruz Azul <laughs> masks that we asked for. Yeah. Uh, you're also training and working on a master's of public health and epide epidemiology. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> With a concentration in infectious disease, why did you choose this path? Yeah, I, I didn't see myself here at all when I first got to college. I was actually uh, pre-dental, and I had oh, the wow. idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had the idea that I was going to go to dental school after pro soccer. I'm not sure where that came from. I I honestly don't know. But um, my last semester of college, after my injury and you know going to Tennessee, uh, I took a, a parasitology class. And which is, as it sounds, you know, it's the study of parasites. Um, and I learned about all the creepy intestinal worms, you know, neglected tropical diseases, yeah, malaria, Shaga, Zika. Um, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Like, I just, I didn't want that class to end. And that's when I knew, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I like this. I became the, the did you know person? <laughs> that <laughs> I, was, I was annoying the heck out of my friends. Um, telling them facts about eye worms they did not need to know. Um, and, and I knew I didn't want to do lab research with infectious diseases because I actually wanted to interact with human beings. Um, and I didn't want to be trapped into a lab box or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I started exploring that more. And I found the program at UC Berkeley. And um, I even talked about it with Jerry. And he, he encouraged me. He's like, yeah, I think this is the right thing. Um, and I, you know, have no regrets. I'm actually thinking about pursuing nursing after, after getting some epidemiological experience in my career so that I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking to get a both a public health experience, but also a clinical experience working with actual patients. Um, but this, this whole pandemic is actually encouraging, much, encouraging me much more to go into nursing after I get this degree. I bet. That's awesome. So um, speaking of, you know, this, this pandemic and all, what, what are you uh, currently learning about COVID that uh, our listeners should hear and know? Yeah, so during, during my program, I've been learning a lot about uh, disease maps. So like last semester, last class, we were following the disease really, really closely on the Johns Hopkins um, COVID map. And now that's almost, you can't even really use that very accurately because of, you know, numbers are, of course, underestimated. We always say that in public health is whenever you have an outbreak, always assume those numbers are underestimated. But um, not to scare anyone. Um, unfortunately, because we are still studying it, um, a lot of even what I say about COVID even today would probably be outdated in just a few days. Um, but one thing that I could say is to just be careful of where you get your information. Um, take statistics with a grain of salt, and most importantly, making sure that you don't oversaturate yourself with news. Um, I think 
right now for the public, I think the biggest thing is to make sure that you're staying mentally healthy as well mm -hmm. as physically healthy. Um, there's nothing much that we can do except what they say, which is, you know, stay inside as, you know, as if you can stay inside, um, but also keeping yourselves mentally healthy. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. Stay off the news, people. <laughs> Get off the news. Yeah. 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 I wasn't going to spew off a whole bunch of facts about the, the virus. I know everyone, everyone's like a, a, a backdoor epidemiologist now. So, um, you know, it, uh, it, I was in New York uh, a couple months or a month ago. Mm -hmm. and it was right before everything really hit the fan, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, the reason that I got so annoyed with the news, and I mean, all power to them, more power to them. Like, I'm glad they're informing us as, 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 as much as they can. But um, I was in New York and I had friends texting me saying, are you okay? New York is completely shut down. The subways are shut mm -hmm. down. Uh, everybody needs to stay inside or they'll get arrested. And that was like in the middle of Times Square shopping. <laughs> you know, or, and and then at, when they were texting me about the subways, the subway was literally approaching for me to get on it. And yeah. I was, you guys need to get off the news. You know, do like really do the research and don't fully don't fully go off that news because then you'll that's where people get scared and start buying all the toilet paper. Yep. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exactly. And, and that that's uh, been causing more issues, not just the toilet paper, but people panicking has been causing more issues than the actual virus. Exactly. So last question before we get into the uh, rapid fire, um, how are you staying game ready right now? Yeah. So um, I definitely got to be my own coach. Um, but right now I'm, I'm actually, I actually decided to pull out my little college workout packet. I like to mix it up every season. Um, and I decided oh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the college one. Um, so I have that kind of scheduled out. I have my pull-up bar. I got my bands because, you know, ACL people, we, we got to stick to our bands. Uh, I even got this free yoga app that I'm, I'm just trying to do an hour a day of. Um, and I put together a, a technical training schedule for myself. Um, I'm using a lot of Beast Mode Stalker. I, I like Yael's um, technique uh, format that she does for her app. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually going to pull, up, pull a, an accountability partner my old college teammate who plays in Sweden professionally and she's not going to like me over it, but I I'm, I'm about to make her do all this running stuff with me. Um, so yeah, I just, I just try to make sure that I'm staying focused, hoping that the season will actually go through. Um, and yeah, just, and also staying, making sure that I'm eating, eating healthily, not binging and watching Netflix. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to get into this rapid fire. So, um, Tonight's rapid fire questions is brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out online at newglorybeer.com where you can get their shelter in place special of a $100 deposit for a keg. You can also order all beers online to be delivered to your door in California. So Sabrina, are you ready? Sure. All right. You can pass on two questions. We hope you don't pass on any. So okay. here we go. Question one. Luis, go ahead. Pizza or sushi? Sushi. Pro championship medal or summa cum laude? Ooh. Summa cum laude. Game winning goal or goal saving tackle? Goal saving tackle. Rent a movie or go to the theater? Rent a movie. Favorite tool in lab work? Uh, one mil pipette. 
So far, you're my favorite. Well, we'll see after this question. Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler? <laughs> Adam Sandler. Oh, <laughs> so close. <laughs> uh, which parent is most embarrassing in the stands, mom or dad? Dad, hands down. <laughs> favorite club team? Barcelona. It's got to be Barca. Most embarrassing soccer moment? Oh, yeah. There's this one time this girl tripped me from behind and I fell in front of the other girl. I, I fell into the player in front of me and my, my pinky got caught in her cleat and then my pinky broke. Oof. Yeah. It was very embarrassing because I just fell over and I just started crying and they're like, there's nothing wrong with your hand. And then <laughs> like, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, my pinky. Like you lame. Get out of here. <laughs> so here's the, the last of our rapid fire. So you are a manager of a club with an unlimited transfer budget. Well, for players from the past or present, are you building your team around? Thierry Henry. I'm mix. I'm gonna mix. I'm gonna mix genders. I don't care. We're gonna have oh, yeah. Thierry Henry. We're gonna have uh, Hope Solo. Uh, we're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna have Marcelo. We're gonna have Marcelo in there. Um, and then we're gonna have. Um, uh, we're gonna. Have, I, I, I like Rachel Daly. I like Rachel Daly's energy. We're gonna do Rachel Daly. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, you're the, actually the first person who has, you know, mixed it up a little bit. Um, Jeannie Mabry from Makuni, she did mix it up, but she gave us four. And then she gave Taro a bad time about adding four. So this is the <laughs> first time we've had, uh, we've had somebody who's uh, mixed it up for us. So thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. Last call. Here we go. So, uh, Sabrina, tell us about the mask making process. Yeah, yeah. So we, we chose a pattern um that was approved by the cdc it's it has multiple names it's the malaysian uh i well, what i know of it as the malaysian pattern um and it's it looks a lot like the surgical masks um and so what we do is we just get three pieces of fabric um one one giant rectangle and two rectangles of the same size and uh yeah we make sure that it's tight woven fabric of course tight woven uh cotton specifically and we just kind of follow along with the instructions in the video. Uh, it's called the pinch and fold method. Um, and uh, you can get really creative with it. You can make it bigger or smaller, however you want. It's a really robust pattern. Um, but we also insert, we leave room for an insert, a removable insert, in which case we use uh, polypropylene fabric, which is a lot of, is, it's what a lot of the uh, protective, the, the medical grade uh, protective masks are made out of. Um, unfortunately, that's, it's kind of hard to find right now. So I, I, I have enough from past projects to be able to give to healthcare, healthcare, uh, professional healthcare members, or if other people in the community who are vulnerable, they need them. Um, we try to make them for that and reach and reach out to reach out to our communities and our local hospitals to see if they need them. But what's been really difficult is that all these hospitals have different specs some of them aren't even um, accepting them, which is which is okay. It makes sense. Liability issues are a real thing. But if they want and need masks, we want to make sure that we're at least available for them to for them to get for them to get them. So, what what are your plans after soccer? My plans would be hopefully being in Africa, <laughs> uh, doing some boots on the ground epidemiological work. Um, I'd love to work for the CDC. I'd love to work for the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
um, maybe the Malaria Elimination Initiative. There are a lot of companies and, and organizations out there that focus on public health. And I imagine after this pandemic, uh, there's going to be a lot more opportunities uh, that are going to be brought to light and hopefully a lot more funding um, toward that career path. <laughs> Um, and like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm, I am also thinking about going into nursing, but we'll see. I'm, I'm trying not to make too many plans, but <laughs> trying to see uh, how I like these next few steps in my career. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, Sabrina, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give a young woman who wants to follow your path? Oh yeah. Um, I, I tell them to own your journey and have fun. Um, it, your journey doesn't belong to anyone else. It's yours and you dictate, um, whether it's enjoyable. So enjoy it. You might as well. It's a solid answer. Um, beautiful. Sabrina, how can, uh, people follow you, get a hold of you, um, train with you perhaps if you need another accountability partner. Oh Yeah. Uh, how can, uh, how can people get a hold of you and uh, work with you? Yeah, so uh, they can definitely get in contact with me on Instagram. Uh, I'm on, uh, I, I help also manage this, the Storm account occasionally. So you can contact me through the CalStorm Soccer, at CalStorm Soccer uh, on Instagram. Or you can follow me on Instagram um, at underscore S-A-B-B-S underscore Sabs. That's my name. Um, and yeah you know shoot me a shoot me a dm let's practice let's go so sabrina thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon this evening whenever you're listening to this podcast uh we look forward to watching you develop even more as the season hopefully comes back and wish you the best of luck thank you i appreciate being on this podcast you guys good luck thank Thank you. you sabrina and we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor Today's guest was brought to you by the Mikuni Dream Lane. Mikuni is offering 15% off your order and has made it easy to order with the Mikuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they'll deliver your meals straight to your car. Visit them today at mikunisushi.com or download their app available in the App Store or Google Play. Just a reminder, we can be found on all social media platforms, starting with Facebook, with a group Sacramento Republic FC fans and our page, the Sacktown FC podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sacktown FC. We are also now part of the gaming world. We have two handles, one for the Xbox and the other for PlayStation for FIFA 2020. Sacktown FC for Xbox and Sacktown underscore FC for PlayStation four please make sure you uh send us a request to be our friend and we'll we'll put a whooping on you uh in one of those two platforms and you can't rage quit uh because that's what everybody else does when they're getting beat by the Sacktown crew yeah and, and if you do that i mean we're gonna record you on the console and then put it up on twitter so and yeah. instagram oh yeah, on there so yeah own it if you get whooped own it we'll still talk trash <laughs> if you're beating us but you have to own that that L you're about to take on that forehead. You do. You do have to yeah. own it, man. You can't run away from an L. No. You know? can't hide an L. Can't hide. If, you, if you're good and you take an L, that means you deserve that L. That's right. We'll, yeah. And we'll expose you. Don't worry about it. Um, also, guys, uh, we're very excited always to announce that we can now be found in our own website at sacktownfc.com. 
You can learn how this awesome show came together, what we're up to. You can even contact us right there if you have something you want to share or ask that you can be on the upcoming episode. Even sign up to be a part of our squadron, which is a form of a supporter group where you can get access to our Slack channel, enter into a lottery for amazing Mikuni Sushi or New Glory functions with us, and even some swag with our new logo. So check it out today at sacktownfc.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. So that's all we have today. Thanks to Sabrina for joining us, talking a little epidemiology and mask making, as well as a little soccer. And thank you for listening. And remember, make sure you have your notifications on as we don't want you to miss it. And we're pretty sure you won't want to miss it either. So subscribe and give us some positive comments. Until later, cheers, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Later, guys.